Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 273 for March 4th, 2019. Today's guest is videographer Sunny Singh, and I am your host, Michael Herron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for 13 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the... Co- Can we stop? Let me backtrack. 13 years I've been doing this podcast. It, it alarms me every time I say that. If you like what you hear, <laughs> subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at MichaelHeron and email MikeyPod at gmail.com. I would really love to hear from you. All right, so let's do a little check-in. Well, first, let me tell you who Sunny is. Sunny, I met at Patricon uh, a few months ago, and we met the first night. It was like a mixer. The thing hadn't even started. It was just sort of like a check-in, and, and here we go on this convention. And we met like immediately. I think do I, we may even say this in the story, so sorry if it's repetitive. Um, but uh, we met the first night, discovered we knew common friends, including Joel Capolongo, who is a good friend of mine and uh, owner of Strong Hearts Cafe in Syracuse. And uh, 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 just love this guy. Anyway, so we have him in common and uh, we're both vegan and yay. So we were hanging out a lot during the, uh, the weekend, which is fantastic. Uh, so you'll hear all about him. He videos and documents hardcore shows in a really interesting way. And he's built this whole sort of uh, life around doing it. And he's able to uh, support his work and his uh, goal of documenting all of these shows all over the world uh, through Patreon, which I think is just fantastic. So that's awesome. Here are my updates. I have a new zine coming out. It's going to be called Tentif- tentatively called Tigger. It's about my cat and some other stuff. These zines, if you don't know already, this is the third in a series. It's now going to be a quarterly release um, that are available only to my patrons on Patreon. Uh, the stories are generally pretty personal, that, personal enough that I don't want to put them on the internet. Um, and they're only available on Patreon in a limited edition. So uh, to get these special limited edition ones, you have to sign up during the two-week special offer period, which starts today, um, March, what is this, March 4th? Yeah, March 4th. <clears throat> so um, they're hand-bound. Each one is signed and numbered in the event that I become famous, and those are <laughs> valuable. But plus, they're just super cool, and they're so um, unique and limited. I don't keep one for myself. They just go out in the world. I do make reprints of them but the hand-bound, numbered, and signed ones are only available on Patreon for the limited time. So if you don't get it during that time, you don't get it, okay? So um, sign up for that, patreon.com slash Heron. There's lots of other perks there, bonus podcast content, um, downloads early of music. You can download all of my music. There's discounts on my Bandcamp store. What else? Um, you get free tickets to shows. There's all kinds of stuff. You'll see all the, all the bonus material there. What else? I feel like there's, you know, those, I mean, you know what? That's a lot. So uh, Patreon, it's a membership platform. It's fantastic. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard me talk about it before. I love it. And I love the new sort of landscape it's providing for creators and artists and people like me to find a way to make work. It's great. Anyway, I love it. Enough about that. So yay. So there's that. I've got some shows coming up this summer. The Animal Show, I'm going to put it back into circulation. Maybe a New York City one. There's a lot of maybes happening. Uh, there's going to be one near Syracuse. Um, I think it's near Syracuse. 
Um, but that's not, we don't, we don't have an exact date yet. It's a definite, but I want to find some other sanctuaries that would like to have um, as a fundraiser for them, a performance of the animal show, like a house concert of it. So yeah, I'm, I'm rooting around. All these are going to be happening in July. So let me know if you have some ideas about that. Uh, I've got a new video in the works. Within the next couple of weeks, I'll have it released. It's about this guy named Gregory in my neighborhood who interacts with the pigeons of Brooklyn in a really interesting way. Um, yeah, I'm going to kind of leave it at that. I followed him around one day and filmed him and I got to interview him. It's a really interesting guy. And it's part of this series I'm slowly leaning into creating of um, New York City residents and their interesting interactions with animals. So if you want to be on top of that stuff, go to youtube.com slash Music and subscribe over there. I'm going to try to keep the momentum with creating content. It's really fun and I have ideas and they're, they're coming. So I think that's everything. Yeah. So before we get on to this interview with Sunny Singh, I'd like to play some music. Um, hardcore bands, vegan ones. I'm learning. I'm learning. And now you are too. This track was chosen by Sonny himself. This is called Being or Body, and it's by a band called 108. And after this, we'll have our interview with Sonny.
Joining me now is Sunny Singh, filmmaker from Hate56.com, who also is my Patreon Patreon buddy. Hello, Sunny. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Michael. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for doing this. It's sort of early in the morning for both of us, so I'm, I appreciate you getting up for this. So, Hate Five Six, you document um, hardcore shows around the world, right? Like I was going to say around the country, but you travel all over the place to film these shows, yeah? Yeah. So it basically started out as a passion project. Um, I kind of I first picked up a video camera when I was maybe 14 and back in high school, so around like 2000, 2001. So that'll that'll date that'll give you a sense of my age. I'm I'm 32 now. Uh-huh. Um, but I started filming bands just for fun, um, mostly like local bands in the South Jersey area. Um, and it remained, it remained a hobby of mine, uh, while I went through grad school studying computer science and while I worked for various tech companies all through to th- up until 2018. And so and I was filming stuff mostly in the Philadelphia area and Boston when I was living there for a couple years. And, uh, I would travel to Chicago and California every now and then and, you know, capture what I, what I could, but it was predominantly just in the areas where I was living or where I could drive to. Um, and only recent, you know, and, and during that time I sort of built up a website and built up like a pretty, pretty steadily growing following and a very large archive of videos. And, um, it's only been recently where I've started actually traveling internationally to, to start capturing, capturing bands. Yeah. And, and has it been just in the past year that this has become your, I hate saying day job. It sounds so corny, but you, you just do this now, right? Is, do you have any other supplementary jobs? No. So I got laid off from my last tech job back in uh, so January of 2018. And um, I had a couple job interviews and I got offers, but it was sort of, I, I, I decided, you know, let me, let me try doing this as my job because I've, I've loved doing it and I feel like it's something that I'm really good at. And there are so many more possibilities for me to do if I could focus on it hundred percent of my time. So yes. I launched, I launched a Patreon back last March and, you know, asked my, my, my community, okay, if you will, if you want to help me get to the next level and, and you want to be involved, like, please do so. And, um, a good number of people have stepped up and it's allowed me to focus on this full time. So, uh, at the moment I don't have any other supplementary income. I do other, I do like, I film weddings here and there and, um, if I, if I need to pick up some software programming jobs on the side, just contract work, I can, but as of now, I don't need to. So that's, it's been, it's been great. Oh, that's amazing. Right. So I, I was reading over your website and I knew what you did. Like, I, I, I want to just like throw out my perspective about hardcore music because, yeah. um, I, I'm not like a big fan of hardcore music, but I'm a fan of like the people I know that are involved in the scene. And like, you know, like I, I see this community and this, um, I, I guess it's this thing that's hard for me to put a finger on because like, I'm on this running team, as you know, the Strong Hearts Vegan Power running team. And a lot of these people that I know are hardcore, um, straight edge vegans. And there's this cool community that I see from the exterior and that I'm sort of in by being on this running team. But it... it th- there's a thing that I can't put my finger on, and do you have any idea what I'm talking about? And can you tell me what it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there, it's there's definitely a very strong sense of community within the scene. I think people resonate with um, certain messages that the bands promote. So that, you know, there, you have a you have a subset of bands that are that sing about veganism or sing about being straight edge, living clean and sober lifestyles. And I feel like um, what's interesting about hardcore is that, and what you don't necessarily get off of top forty music on the radio is that these are bands that are singing about things that people in the community directly relate to. And so they really attach themselves to what 
you know, the message of these bands and they find other people who are in a similar position and that's how these sort of communities form. The other interesting thing about hardcore is that there's this idea that, well, it's the DIY do-it-yourself mentality is everywhere, but it's really especially prominent within hardcore and punk in the sense that anyone who wants to be involved can be involved. So if you want to start booking bands, you just pick up a phone or start sending emails and you you know, once you find a venue then you can start working on doing that. And it's not that it's not, I mean, it's, it's hard work, but the barrier to entry to all of these things is so low that it makes the community very organic and allows for the average person to be involved and, and have input and also allows the average person to, to excel at that, at that as well, as well. So, um, you know, people who just want to start taking photos of bands can just go to a show and, you know, start taking pictures from the crowd and eventually, you know, build up the rapport and uh, talk to the right people to start shooting from the stage. And then they, that, that's how a lot of people have learned how to be successful photographers. Um, same with people who want to learn how to run sound or learn how to, you know, be a uh, recording engineer. They just work with the local band and sort of build up the skills that way. And that's really how I got into this. I had no, and still have no formal experience in videography or film or editing. Um, I was just a 14 year old kid who decided to pick up a camera and start filming the local band and it was through trial and error and just through doing this, you know, repeatedly doing this type of action within this community that was comfortable and cool with me doing it. Like they were cool with me showing up and filming and learning along the way. And it just, it was the, it was the most fertile ground for, um, exploration and becoming the best version of what I wanted to do. Yeah. It's really, uh, I, I, I hate when I, but the only word I can think of is like, that's really cool. But like it is, I love seeing that type of energy um, with with work like this. In uh, part of your manifesto, you say something really great, which I wonder how it. Um, mm. I, I, I feel like it would make the bands really excited to have you show up because I I don't want to say it too much, so maybe you can describe it a little bit. But you have this description of um, a band by itself is just sending acoustic vibrations into an empty room those are your words and then and the without the, without the band the audience is just standing there waiting for some kind of inspiration can you talk more about that yeah so i feel like what separates um the hardcore and punk scene from the average thing that you hear on the radio or just most other scenes in general is that um the the audience is is part of the performance and I, I, I use the word performance loosely because performance has a lot of baggage with it. It sort of implies that there's no authenticity. It's sort of following a script. But that's not what I mean. I mean that, like, the the attendees of a show are just as engaged as the band. So if you watch, um, if you go to a hardcore show or watch a video of mine or anyone's video, you'll see that the people in the crowd, they're, they'll steal the mic from the singer and start singing the words and the people in the crowd will jump on stage and, and dance on the stage and jump off. It's a very sort of, again, organic and also um, community-centered environment where um, the, attend- the attendees are the active participants. So what, what, I, what I meant in that statement is that, you know, a band can go up there and play songs, but they're only really engaging and it's only really part of a community if the community is responding in kind and actually, like, a part of it. Um and so that is sort of that is sort of where I was coming from with that statement. It was essentially trying to convey the idea that um, it's a it's a two way street, and the 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 band needs to earn the uh, the excitement and energy from the crowd, 
and you know the crowd should likely in 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 kind respond to a band that's giving it their all and show them that hey like the music that you're writing and, and you're playing for us is it's really eliciting these emotions from us and we're going to we're going to sh- we're going to express it however we want whether it's jumping off stage or <laughs> jumping on other people or grabbing the mic like it's a very it's a very cathartic thing to be a part of and also to witness. So when I'm filming a show, I'm trying to capture that. So I, I typically stand on the side of the stage because that I feel is like that's the little that's the literal interface where the band and the crowd are are caught. and I feel like that tells the most interesting and compelling stories from just like a documentarian and storytelling perspective. I feel like uh, standing on the side of the stage lets me focus on the band when they're in their element, but I can also pan to the crowd and really focus in on what everyone there is doing because i feel like again i'm trying to you know i'm trying to capture the, the band and the perform and their their performance but i'm also trying to capture like the story of what this community is like and i feel like um you know that statement and how i how to how i specifically try to film really really encapsulates that yeah uh, i kind of love my uh, the experience i had with that because when i first watched your videos I didn't really understand that. And to me, I was like, well, that's odd that you film like the audience and the band when from my like I sort of look at live performance videos as like wanting to have the best quality of the faces of the musicians. And you know what I mean? And and sort of like coming around and hearing your process about why you film the way you do and telling the story of the entire the 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 event, I guess, of the performance um, really like kind of reflected back to me what I believe about performing and it's that, and it's interesting that it that I didn't uh, that uh, you. I guess you're teaching me to look at that in a different way with your videos, which I think is really cool. Yeah, so it definitely, I think the videos they were they help. And I mean, there's always been a flat hierarchy within the punk and hardcore scene in the sense that you go to a show and you're watching. And I've said this in other interviews, but if you go to a show and you're watching the opening band, they might be some new band that's never played, but the person next to you, you know, bobbing their head is the lead singer of the of the headlining band. So. Uh. There's a sort of there's a very deep sense of community. I keep coming back to that, and I, in in the sense that, you know, I can turn on the radio and hear like a Drake or Kendrick Lamar song, but I, there's really no chance of me ever interacting with them, or, you know, there's such a separation between performer and and attendee or in the audience that's just really intangible within the larger mainstream music community, and I think that what I'm trying to do with the videos within the hardcore scene is to, well, you know, everyone who's in the scene already knows it, but I'm trying to, to show people who are new to it or people who are just stumbling upon my videos that you can come in this community and you can be a part of this as well. So I think that's why these videos really resonate with people is that they, they see themselves either literally or figuratively in the videos when they're watching them. Yeah. And that is what really gets people excited every time I post a new one. Cause they're either looking for themselves, um, looking for their friends or, it's their first exposure to that type of music and they really literally see themselves at the next show and it makes them want to come out and be a part of it or start their own band. And I think it really helps drive the entire community. Yeah. Uh, I love, I really love talking about this stuff and it always makes me want to like, I'll, I would say t- later today I'm going to be like, I'm going to listen to hardcore music again. Maybe this will be the time that, that I love it. <laughs> but it's, it's so funny because I even like, I was like, Oh, maybe if I run with, uh, with hardcore music and, it never sticks, but I love the like the community around it. Um, backing up a little bit, I would love to talk to you a little bit about um, when you started uh, Patreon and how. Um, I mean, I, I've watched sort of your process and some of the comments you post on Facebook from people who are resistant and even um, 
seem pissed off that you have a Patreon going. Um, what's, what was the process like getting your viewers to understand why they should support you on Patreon? Yeah. So I think, you know, obviously I made like a pitch video. So I, I, I read a lot, you know, I had been familiar with Patreon for many years and someone had asked me maybe two or three years ago, I was like, Oh, you should, you should really start one. And I was hesitant because I felt I was afraid. I was afraid that if I, you know, at the, at the time I had a growing community of, I don't know how many, definitely five digits worth of followers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was afraid, I was afraid that if I started a Patreon and only five people contribute that I would, I would feel like it was a failure. I would feel like, damn, the community really doesn't have me in their corner. Um, or they're not, you know, they're not, I'm not in, you know, they're not willing to support what I'm doing despite the work that I've done. So it really took me a long time to feel comfortable with starting the Patreon. And I think I also needed to wait for Patreon to mature and for the culture around it to, to shift as well. Cause I feel like now we're, I think now what's, what's exciting is that we're beginning to be in a point where um, people are very excited and willing to support content creators that, you know, they, they, they listen to or they watch someone's content every day or multiple times a month that they're willing to just throw a couple bucks at that person uh, for them to keep going. So I think that, you know, and, and Patreon has released statistics showing that, you know, in 2018 alone, they've, they've paid creators more than the first five years combined. So I think I needed again for that level of maturity to happen. Um, yeah. In terms of what I specifically needed to do, I needed to explain all of this within a pitch video. I needed to outline everything that I've done because I think that um, for a long time, I was just a faceless account where I was just posting videos and people didn't know who I was or know my name or know what I looked like. And so I think there was definitely a level of detachment there where people just were consuming the content and not thinking about the person creating it. So I made, I made a conscious decision in the last couple of years to start putting my face in front of my work. So the literal logo of my, uh, a lot of my social media accounts is just a cartoon of my face that uh, a viewer has drawn. Um, and I put my face more and more out there with doing um, recap videos or, you know, vlogs and things like that. And so I'm trying to, I hate the word personal brand, but that's really what it is. Yeah. Um, but I think, and again, I think there there were a couple reasons for that. One, I wanted to show that, um, you know, the the hardcore scene and punk scene, it's not different from the larger mainstream community in the sense that it is predominantly white. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense of the, the most of the people who are involved and active um, and create, doing doing bands that are getting on the big shows and big tours are are white men. So I wanted to show that, you know, I am a person of color and I'm doing this and I'm I'm. I'm stating my visibility and, you know, if you're watching these videos, you should know that this is who I am. That was reason one. And reason two was to humanize the process to show that, you know, um, there is a person who is behind filming these shows and, and, and creating the content and, and coding the website and running the social media. And this is who I am. So I think I needed to really drive that home so people could, could associate, you know, people have associated the name hate five, six with, you know, good quality live video. And I need, I've, I needed to also build up the association with hate five, six is also this one person who is a human who has a, you know, who's, who has feelings and emotion and is also creating this content. So I think I needed to, to, to do that as well. Um, and the, the other thing I needed to, to, to drive home was that just the scope and magnitude of the work that I've done with just the number of bands and, and shows that I filmed, the, the frequency of content that I publish, the, the depth and scope of the software to, tools that I develop on my site for people to use for free. 
I really needed to just paint a really big picture when I kicked off my Patreon. And it was also a matter of coordinating a mini, just a mini you know, social media uh, blitz with it. So making sure I had all the videos ready and I was ready to put it out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, and just have it all coordinated and ready to go. Part of uh, what I, I read in your manifesto, it's a, it's a really interesting um, potential conflict, I guess, with people because part of your, and I'm glad you said the word brand because I'm going to say it too and I also hate the word, but it fits. Part of like the brand of what you're doing is uh, anti-capitalist, yeah? Like, or, or am I pulling that out cor- correctly or am I putting words in your mouth? Yeah, that, that's, that's 100% accurate. Yeah, so that's got to be tough to try to like balance that anti-capitalist stance with Patreon or is it like, I guess I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understand correctly what I'm even saying right now. So feel free to correct me if I just said something stupid. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've, I've always prided myself on providing content for free and keeping the cost minimal. So that's sort of what the logo, the logo, the road for anyone who hasn't seen it, the logo is a camera and a sickle. It's actually not a hammer. If you look closely, it's a, it's a camera on the end, but that's, that's sort of representing the idea that I had long ago is that, um, just sort of the, the redistribution of freely available videos to help anyone discover their new favorite band or help bands, you know, get more exposure through a high quality live recording. So the idea being, being to minimize to minimize the barrier to entry. So I wasn't creating a paywall so that you know if you if you were too poor that you couldn't actually access the, this music. I wanted it to be accessible to anyone who had the internet connection. So that's sort of the vision that I had. And like I have obviously left-leaning politics, and that was part of it as well. But the sort of idea of <clears throat> reducing or reducing this need to capitalize on everything in order to produce that content. So with Patreon, I'm trying to stay within those bounds that I've created for myself, but also make it sustainable. Because, you know, I am not deluded, like there's there's no delusion. Like we live in a capitalist system. I have to pay, you know, Google and Amazon for their services. I have to pay for running my own 40, 50 terabyte server in my apartment. Like I have not, <laughs> so when, whenever anyone criticizes me, it's like, hey, I haven't taken over the fact, the hard, the, the hard drive factory. Like I can't, I like, I literally have to pay for this stuff. So there's yeah. no, there's, there's at some point there's no escaping it. Like this is the only game in town is, is capitalism. So I think that what I'm trying to do is work within that framework of keeping my content free. Um, but also making it, making it worthwhile for people to support what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving, uh, members early access to content. Um, I've democratized my process so that um, members can vote for what videos they want to see every day. They can vote for what videos I'm going to shoot next or edit next. So it's all democratic at this point. And it's allowing members who want to be involved and can be involved to really be a part of it. Um, and the only exclusive stuff I'm creating is stuff that I've – so I've – it's it's funny. Like I've done so much for free that like – you know, I filmed close to 3,000 performances at this point, over 3,000 performances that I've made freely available. And I don't think I could have, could have started Patreon sooner. Like, I don't think I could have done it after filming 200 or 500. I think it's, again, build up this reputation and this archive to show that, hey, like, I am a serious documentarian and archivist who's creating the stuff. Like, I needed that build up. So what's been difficult is starting a Patreon and being like, hey, I've done all of this stuff for free 
Now can you support me? Like in order to do that, I needed to create extra content on top of that free version that I provided. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's been, I've definitely gotten some pushback from people. So it's funny, like I'm creating extra content over already doing like, essentially what I've, what I've done for free is already been a nine to five job. Like in terms of the, the amount of stuff I've put out and I've worked on. And so it's been difficult to convince, to convey to people like, okay, I'm going to continue doing that for free, but I'm also going to start creating all this extra content, whether it's interviews with bands or, uh, exclusive extra bonus angles or whatever it is. And so that I'm, I'm now creating extra content, which is what I'm making exclusive on Patreon. And the pushback that I'm getting from people is like, Oh, why isn't that stuff free as well? It's like, you assholes, like everything else, free. you're, you're literally, I've, I've created maybe 10 or 20 exclusive videos. And I, that's those 10 or 20 videos are making it possible for me to keep, keep the three, that literally 3000 other videos free and the next 3000 videos free. And it's just like, it just, it blows my mind when people complain. And, and what I say is that you don't have to support what I'm doing. I, I have it set up that even if you don't support all of the bands that I film, all the shows that I film, those will be free eventually. But if you want to watch it first and you have the means to support me, please do. Cause that's going to allow me to keep this machine going. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's been fascinating watching and sort of parsing the, the, the pushback that I've been getting from people. Yeah. Uh, your responses to them are always really good too. I appreciate <laughs> those. <laughs> But you you are totally on in the last line of your page, the about slash manifesto page, you say hate56.com is forever a one man operation based nowhere. What um what what makes you uh, want to do this by yourself? Yeah, so this this came I actually had an interview a couple of days ago where they were talking. It was mostly focused on my project management. And so I maybe this is like this is, this is personal, but like I think I had dependency issues like not not in the sense of relationships, like romantic relationships, but in the sense of I don't know how well I can depend on other people to, to get stuff done. So if I had like a team of people filming and editing for me, I don't think I could have grown this at the scale and at the rate that I have. Um, because I, the way I look at it is if, if it's on me to get some stuff done, then it's on me to get it done. And I can count on myself getting it done. I don't have to worry about someone else you know, finding the time to do it. So I find that I work best under pressure. And when I'm the only dependency involved, then I know I can get stuff done and I can deliver at the scale and at the quality that I want. Obviously there's going to come a point where, and and it's happening now where people want me to film two shows that are in two different States on the opposite sides of the country. And I can't be at the, the two places at once. So there is an argument to be made is maybe I should start hiring people. But again, I feel like what I've created is sort of my personal portfolio. Like what I feel like is if someone wants me to come film a show, I am hoping they want me to come film it. They don't want just my name stamped on it. Cause I feel like I have a certain creative vision and a certain way of editing. And I'm, I'm trying to push that, you know, when someone wants a famous painter or famous photographer to, to produce a work, they want that person to, to produce that work. And I feel like there's still uh, a, a disconnect. I feel like people don't really treat video as a creative um, outlet in the same way that they treat photography or painting or whatever it is. So I'm, I'm trying to drive that point home. And so, I mean, there, so backing up a little bit, I, I do have people who help out with what I'm doing. Like um, for certain big events, I have 
I hire some friends to do multiple cameras and I hire like a soundboard engineer to mix the audio for me professionally. So I, I do have dependency in terms of waiting for mixes to get done before I can edit the videos. And the people that I work with are ones that I can trust and we're able, we have a, we have a system and we're able to get stuff done relatively quickly. Um, but I, I constantly have other people reaching out to me saying like, Oh, Hey, like I'm in, I'm, I'm new to this. I'd love to help out. Like, is there any way I can get involved? And like, I know earlier in this interview, I was talking about, you know, people being, people be, being involved and getting their, getting their hands and, and, and getting their hands dirty with this stuff. But for me, it's, I'm still trying to find a balance of how do I, how do I maintain this well-oiled system that I've developed? That's just me and maybe a very small group of people that I can count on, but also give opportunity to people who really want to learn from me and, and get to the next level. So I'm, I'm this is still new to me trying to figure out how, how the, all that stuff works, but um, I guess to answer your point or your answer question is um, keeping it a, a one person operation has, allow, has allowed me to develop my sort of creative skill mm-hmm. um, and sort of, again, uh, hate the word, but my personal brand of style of filming and editing, but also allow me to really refine my processes as an individual person and allow me to create this throughput that I have that I don't, I don't necessarily think I could achieve if I was part of a larger group. Uh, one of the things that I love about your work, and, and I can't tell how much of this I know about just because we spent so much time at Patreon together and that I follow you on Facebook, but um, I, I love how, um, I guess, transparent you are about the fact that you're like figuring out your path as you go. Like That's something that I find really appealing about, about artists who are you know, carving your own way on your own <laughs> Just seeing what where it takes you and what you're what it's almost like you're letting your artistic voice emerge from your actions of making making shit. Am I? Does that sound right? Does that? Fit? Yeah, no, that that's 100 percent accurate. And again, like a lot of people don't think of what I do as creative, but it really is. Even with like for so for listeners who don't know, like the other side of what I do is I also create software tools for viewers. So anyone can go on my site, and I have band recommendation apps and different systems that you can use. So. A lot of that stuff will start out as an idea that I just tweet like, oh, it'd be cool if we had a band recommendation system that did this. And I, I do that for a couple reasons. One is just to externalize my thoughts. And I feel like that helps me. It helps sort of coalesce the idea that I have sort of in my head is just by expressing it. The other reason is just to, you know, it's a soft announcement, but it also allows me to get some immediate feedback from people. If people start replying saying, oh, that's a really cool idea. I'd love to see it. Then that's more motivation for me to get it done. And I think that letting people in getting like opening or peeling back that curtain and letting people be involved in that side of the process, both with teasing about what the next video is going to be or what I'm going to be filming next, or also just dropping hints about some more tools that I'm going to be developing really again, drives the community drives that point of community. Um, and again, gets me some immediate feedback. And the other reason that I do it is sort of to show people like, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, uh, people look up to me as like some expert and that's that's for other people to decide but people think i have everything figured out but i'm trying to show people like hey i'm flying by the seat of my pants here and i'm trying to figure this out you know <laughs> along the way <laughs> and i think that and I've, I've gotten some feedback very recently from people saying like oh i see that you're doing this and you're really just experimenting and trying to make it work and it's inspiring me to try to do something similar so that's the other thing is i'm i'm trying to show people like this is my process and you can find a process of your own to experiment and find your own path and create your own way and that's like i'm just trying to help unlock people's potential and show them that hey if you can see how i'm doing it 
that might give you ideas about how to get around that roadblock that you're facing and whatever whatever thing that you're working on or trying to get to. And so that's that's the flip side of it is is just trying to show people to demystify just processes in general and show people that like, hey, here's how I'm doing it, and you might find some valuable insight in that. Yeah, and I get there's a lot to be said for that energy. I mean, it's that DIY thing that you're talking about the in hardcore and a lot of other things too of just like starting to do it. Like, and I think Jack, I hate to like Jack Conti, the the cult leader of Patreon with his whole idea of just releasing, create things to release them. I get that sense from your work a lot too. Like, I mean, cause I was just looking at your, your site again, as you were talking and you launched in 2008, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. I, I started filming like 2001, 2000, uh, 2000, 2001, but I officially launched the site October of 2008. And like 3,000 videos, it's probably over 3,000 videos by now, yeah? Yeah, like, it's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of fucking videos, I'm sure you know, because you made them. But like, that's amazing. And that's like, that really speaks a lot to the idea of like, just churn, it, churn things out and learn as you go and like have this huge body of work. It's really, it's really impressive. And it's, all, uh, it's inspiring to me because one of my things I want to do, and it's on my goal for for. Uh, whatever year this is, 2019, <laughs> is to like make more videos and and talking to you really gets me fired up. Like, just go, like, just I have little ideas for things I want to do. I got to just go do them and let them be what they are as I keep learning and developing my own style. So yay, thank you for the inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we should end this part of the the uh, interview. We're gonna do assuming you're still okay with it, a little yeah. mini patron only interview. Um, but before we go, um, can you g- give me the uh, all the places people can find you online? Yes, so I'm on social media at hate five six. It's the word hate, the number five, the word six. Uh, just just to explain that real quickly. I'm from South Jersey, where the area code was eight five six. So hate five six is a play on that. So it's uh, it's hate five six on all social media. Uh, my site is uh, hate five six dot com. Uh, my videos are on there. My my uh, my tools, my band recommendation apps are on there. Uh, just a quick thing about that: the, the band recommendation apps are across all genres. It's not just hardcore and punk. So. If you like R&B or country or whatever it is, you can use these apps and find new music. Um, I'm also on YouTube. All of my stuff is also on YouTube at as well. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Uh, that's amazing. I I can't wait to check out the band recommendation app. And I'm going to do it for hardcore music. I don't know why. Part of me wants to be like, just pretend you like hardcore music because I just want to be I want to be a bigger part of the scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today, Sonny. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Michael. <laughs>
That was New Ethic from Earth Crisis. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, Thank you, Sunny Singh, for being on the show today. Ah, that interview. I mentioned in the beginning of the show how I had this footage of the guy, the pigeon guy that I filmed in my neighborhood. It was really great re-listening to that interview because it reminded me how I feel and how he's created his own body of work just from doing it. And and that's what I got to start doing with my videos. That's what I did with this podcast. That's what I do with my books and my shows and my albums. It's time. It's time to get the video going. So it's really nice to remember that I believe in just doing it because I also get kind of trapped behind feeling like it needs to be perfect before I do it. Do you feel that way too? Um, let me know. MikeyPod at gmail.com or you can comment on the uh, Facebook page or on the post at MikeyPod.com. Check out the show notes. Support these artists. Check out his Patreon. Check out my Patreon. Let's all support each other. Tell me what kind of shit you want me to make. Let me know. It's all good. I'll talk to you next week.